This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's the Media Buzz Meter with Howard Kurtz. If you had to pick out somebody for public enemy number one here in the closing days of 2022, a year I personally would be very happy to bid farewell to. Um, there's a lot of contenders, obviously, but I think the one of the moment, and you've all seen these endless pictures on TV, is Southwest Airlines. Now, this is kind of a stunner because Southwest has always been an airline that my perception was when I have flown it. You know, it's kind of a no-frills airline. Um, it doesn't operate at many of the most crowded airports. So, for example, a lot of flights in the Washington area are at Baltimore, Washington, or at Dulles Airport, but not at National. Uh, Similar with a lot of flights out of Newark instead of LaGuardia or JFK. Uh, And, you know, they sing songs and they have fun. And I think it had a reputation as a pretty good airline. But now, the, the overwhelming majority of flight cancellations have been on Southwest. I mean, it's been days since this storm hit. I'm still just stunned at the pictures from Buffalo. I don't mean to go on and on about it, but, you know, with the death toll rising and people can't even get out of their driveways, and if they could, where would they go? Um, but, of course, Buffalo wasn't the only place. The whole Midwest got socked. And, and, look, to some extent, you could say it was the, yes, cliche alert, perfect storm of bad winter weather, holiday travel, etc. But now the Wall Street Journal's reporting that Southwest's cruise scheduling system was partly to blame. It was overwhelmed by the weather. Okay, so you do this every year, Southwest, right? You have to schedule war crews at holiday times, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, because that's when the most people travel, to see their families. And so you have Democratic Senators Ed Markey and Richard Blumenthal putting out a statement saying Southwest is failing customers, demanding compensation for those whose holiday plans were ruined by these mistakes. You know, 2,900 Southwest flights were canceled Monday. I think it's a similar number, maybe 2,400 yesterday. Other airlines are getting back on their feet, but not Southwest. And Pete Buttigieg, who's the Transportation Secretary, said he's looking into this unacceptable rate of cancellations and delays. But, you know, when you do face that, you're supposed to be entitled to compensation, such as, you know, they put you up at a hotel for a night or other payments to, it never really compensates. You'd much rather just get on a plane and go home or go back home. Just unbelievable. And so I've read now a thousand Southwest passengers sleeping in that sprawling airport in Denver. Um, Big problems in Pittsburgh. And you could go down the list. I'm sure every local website uh, has the local version of this. And I just, you know, this is just a giant black eye for Southwest. And, I don't think it all could have been averted, but I think a lot of it could have been averted. And what about, you know what it is also? People not being able to get their luggage. So let's say you're flying out of Washington and you wanted to go to San Francisco. And you go and your flight's been canceled. 
And then you say, okay, I'll, I'll go tomorrow, but there's no flight tomorrow. So you say, I'll cancel the plans. I won't go at all. But now you don't have your bags anymore because idiots, and this is not only true at Southwest, put your bags on a flight without you. So now you're stuck at the airport. You don't have your belongings. You just want to go home and forget about this nightmare. I'm so glad that I I had to work, so I stayed home these two weeks. We have New Year's Day show coming up on Sunday, just as we did Happy Christmas Day show uh, this past Sunday. Donald Trump's taxes will be released on Friday. Now, you might say to yourself, hmm, weren't Donald Trump's taxes already released with court approval by Democrats on the House Ways and Means Committee? What kind of headline is this? The reality is, yes, the, the, the top line of all of it, how much did he pay, how much did he not pay in certain years, that's been released, but we haven't seen the raw material, which in turn means that a lot of people who do this for a living, journalists, former TV prosecutors and so forth, will be poring over the numbers to see what the deductions are. And you'll be getting kind of down in the weeds there, but you'll be seeing deductions for, oh, you know, I did. how could Trump possibly have deducted this because this was taking place at his other golf club? And there'll be a whole new round. And because it's the Friday of New Year's weekend, um, it'll be the only game in town, plus whatever strong reaction Trump chooses to deliver to the unselect uh, committee. But this is not the unselect committee. It's the House Ways and Means Committee. And remember, so Friday is really the last day that they could do this because they're not going to do it over the weekend. January 1st, New Year's Day is Sunday. January 2nd, Monday is a holiday to compensate for New Year's being on a Sunday. And January 3rd, the Republicans take over the House. I don't know who their speaker will be. I still think it's likely to be Kevin McCarthy. But anyway, we are down to the wire. So somebody made a decision. Yeah, let's just toss it all out there. Um, and we'll see if it's real news. I don't mean that it's fake news. These are his tax returns. I meant how much more newsworthy material can be mined, can be extracted from these complicated real estate transactions, which, as I said the other day, are going to look outrageous to the average folks. And they are outrageous, but they're legal. Some of them maybe are borderline illegal. We'll see. It's a question of how far you want to push the IRS, which had all of one agent um, assigned to do Trump's taxes. This is even before he was president because of a manpower shortage. So he's got, you know, like any rich guy, he's got a team of accountants, lawyers, looking up stuff and pushing back, high, high, you know, what you do is you hire somebody who works for the IRS, knows this stuff inside out, and now you're in private practice. You pay them a lot of money, and they get you off the hook. So we'll see uh, where that goes. Uh, some sad news. It looks like the world is getting ready to mourn Pope Benedict. Uh, Pope Francis put out a statement saying that the 95-year-old retired pontiff is very sick and asking everyone to pray for him. Uh, I remember a similar statement, at a similar age, actually, coming from um, Buckingham Palace. And hours later that day, uh, Queen Elizabeth passing was announced. So there'll be a lot more to say about his legacy. We're not used to having two popes. Usually the pope, I think, for many hundreds of years, with one or two exceptions, 
most of these popes have just died in office, and then there was an election for a new pope. That wouldn't be necessary here since you have Francis serving, although he's had some health problems as well. Oh, and let's not forget this. The judge hearing the Arizona lawsuit brought by Carrie Lake trying to overturn her 17,000 vote margin defeat in the governor's race there uh, has decided not to sanction Carrie Lake or her lawyers, but has ordered Carrie Lake to pay the Democratic governor-elect, Katie Hobbs, $33,000 plus 7.5% interest. That's high interest, isn't it? Um, until to offset the cost of expert witness testimony and so forth, but no sanction. It's another way of accomplishing the same thing. They'll still got to basically cough off the legal fees. Hey, let's pause right there. The buzz meter continues right after this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Story number one. This George Santos saga gets more and more weird, interesting, and just bizarro land. This is the guy, he's a congressman-elect now, Republican, a gay Republican congressman-elect from Long Island and one part of Queens. And he was exposed by the New York Times, as you've probably heard me say, uh, for embellishing, you know what? I'm not going to use that word. I'm, I'm slapping myself on the wrist. There will be no use of the word embellishment with George Santos. He likes that word because it sounds like, you know, a minor protocol infraction. He lied. He lied repeatedly. He lied about just about everything of his entire career. That's what it was. They were lies. I never heard of this guy. I have nothing against him. But he lied. You can even get away with lying about one thing or exaggerating. This was like the full Monty of lies. This was the Taj Mahal of lies. This was a Egyptian pyramid of lies. What did he accomplish in his life? And the reason I say he's a gay Republican is he openly ran as a gay Republican, but then acknowledged, again, based on reporting by the Times, that, oh, by the way, he'd been married to a woman for five years and they just got divorced before uh, he made his run. Okay, so you've got a bunch of Democrats now urging Santos to resign after he admitted uh, peddling a load of bull. Um, Ted Lieu, he's the vice chairman of the Dem Caucus, says if he does not resign, then Kevin McCarthy should call for a vote to expel him. Well, I don't think Kevin McCarthy wants any part of this guy, but he needs the seat because there's such a tiny GOP margin. Um... Joaquin Castro, George Santos is to resign as congressman-elect. If he refuses, Congress should expel him. He should also be investigated by authorities. We've seen people fudge their resume, but this is total fabrication, and the congressman is not engaging in hyperbole here. Now, then you come to the procedural thing, and you see why I think this is unlikely. 
uh, if there were a vote to expel Santos, you would need a two-thirds majority of House members. And I just don't see enough Republicans, there might be some dissonance saying, you know, I don't want any part of this guy, joining probably against the wishes of their leaders with Democrats to kick this guy out of the House. Jason Miller, longtime spokesman for Donald Trump, um, tweeted, I guess, or put out a statement saying, get rid of this loser. Included a link to the New York Post article on Santos. Now here's a piece from Business Insider. Shortly after winning a seat in Congress in November, George Santos traveled to Las Vegas to address a meeting of the Republican Jewish Coalition's annual leadership meeting. Well, good morning. Shabbat Shalom to everyone. Uh, he said that his election means there will now be three Jewish Republican members of Congress. There's a lot of Jewish Democrat dick members of Congress. But on the GOP side, there would now be three. But now the group doesn't want anything to do with him at all. The executive director is saying we're very disappointed in Congressman Alex Santos. He deceived us and he misrepresented his heritage in public comments and to us personally. He previously claimed to be Jewish. He has begun his tenure in Congress on a very wrong note. He will not be welcome at any future events. And the forward reported that the campaign, had, Santos's campaign had distributed a memo to pro-Israel groups saying that Santos was a proud American Jew. Now we get to his interview last night on Fox News with Tulsi Gabbard, the former congresswoman who has left the Democratic Party but was a Democrat when she was in Congress, uh, in prime time on Fox last night, and she was tough on him. She said, what does the word integrity mean to you? And Santos said, integrity is very important, and like I said to the New York Post, she cut him off. What does it mean, though? What does it mean? Because the meaning of the word actually matters in practice. It means to carry yourself in an honorable way says Santos, and I, I think I made a mistake. I think humans are flawed. We all make mistakes, Tulsi. And I think we can look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that once we've made a mistake. I'm having to admit this on national television for the whole country to see, and I have the courage to do so. He said it's not a fraud or a fake. Congresswoman Gabbard said, telling the truth means being a person of integrity. If I was one of those in New York's 3rd District right now, now the election is over and finding out all these lies you told? Not just one little lie or a little embellishment. These are blatant lies. My question is, do you have no shame? Do you have no shame? Barring the famous line that was used against Joe McCarthy in the Red Scare of the 50s at the Army McCarthy hearings. Uh, so then Santos tries to flip. He says, well, Tulsi, I can say the same thing about the Democrats and the party. Joe Biden's been lying to the American people for 40 years. Do they have no shame? And Gary says, well, we're not talking about the Democrats in this interview. I don't understand, and I said the same thing during the Herschel Walker campaign, why people who have this kind of baggage, knowing that there is tough scrutiny, they must know this on some level in a national campaign, run for office and have their reputations ruined. If this guy didn't run, he'd be doing whatever he was doing as a businessman on Long Island or whatever. Herschel Walker would still have his unblemished status as a football hero. I mean, there's been, he himself wrote negative things about himself in, in his book. But if he hadn't been persuaded to run for the Senate, the, word, the words Herschel Walker would be associated largely with something very different now. And finally, uh, you know, the reason I think investigators are going to get involved is because of the $700,000 that George Santos somehow loaned his campaign. 
without that money, I don't think he's a credible challenger. And just seems like there's more shooters to drop here. Story number two. Congress has now acted in a kind of a symbolic and meaningless way, I should hasten to add, by sticking this TikTok provision into that monstrosity of a $1.7 trillion measure. I call it the Christmas tree bill. Everybody wanted to get something. Well, Senator Josh Hawley wanted to get TikTok banned in the U.S., as do a number of Republicans. Instead, they had to settle for not using uh, a ban on government devices using TikTok. And a number of states have enacted these bans on their own. Um, And a piece here in the Washington Post says, let's get real. This is how I feel about it. Those bans are hardly banning anything. Many American politicians are grandstanding over TikTok for your attention. The same U.S. officials have been saying TikTok is a gateway to Chinese spying and manipulation have done almost nothing real about the risk. People with power in the U.S. haven't been willing to actually block Americans from using TikTok. Even as new reporting revealed that TikTok was, I love this phrase, improperly accessing data, spying on journalists, improperly accessing in order to further their espionage. So, you know, if you're a school teacher or a park ranger or a Justice Department lawyer, this piece says you can't download TikTok on the phones that you got from your government agency. Uh, same could apply to public colleges, which are funded by the government. Of course, those same people can go out and buy their own iPhone or Android phone or whatever and maybe share it with the family and maybe the daughter wants to get on TikTok. So it doesn't even stop people from doing this. It just stops people from doing it on government phones. It's a typical congressional compromise that does not mean much of anything. Uh, Some members of Congress are TikTok regulars, according to this piece. College kids can use TikTok on cell networks. The rest of us are free to use TikTok with abandon. Um, And by the way, if there is a further attempt to ban TikTok in this country, this insanely popular Chinese-owned app, it'll get tied up in court because there'll be First Amendment issues, just as if if the government decided it was going to ban Facebook or ban Instagram or ban Snapchat or ban Twitter, which a lot of people now just don't like Twitter because they don't like Elon Musk. I've talked about that enough. We'll we'll update you in some actual news. Like, who's the new CEO going to be? Story number three. Very well-timed here. Um, we've all been there scrolling on a clothing brand's website, finding a pair of jeans we love, not sure which size will work. So you order both, figuring you'll return the one that doesn't fit. Retailers, I think, have actually encouraged this. This Washington Post piece says, oh, they kind of gently discourage it. But, you know, they've made it easy. They've made, they've seduced us all. Because if you're not going to get in the car and go down to the mall where they don't maybe have much inventory anyway and try on the jeans or the shirt or the shoes or whatever it is, it's certainly easier, you know, then you get the shipping label and you can take it to UPS or however you, you've arranged to return it. There have been times when I've tried to return something, it wasn't that expensive, and I guess it was Amazon customer service, you know, just, just keep it. You know, it's like it's more, it costs them more money to dispose of it then it's worth it to them. So you say, oh, this is good. Now I have two of them. Unless it's something that's defective, which is crazy. So now I think the tide is starting to turn. Uh, several major chains, including Anthropology, Zara, H&M, 
Abercrombie and Fitch and J. Crew charge four to seven fifty, four dollars to seven dollars and fifty cents to restock merchandise or for a return label. Okay, it's to make it a little bit painful for you. Interestingly, seventy-eight percent of shoppers say they have returned at least one online purchase, according to some survey by some group that tracks this. Um, Americans returned 47% of their online purchases so far this year. That's roughly 23 million items. That's up 13% from 2021. So think about that. People go out to do online shopping, and they shop, and they shop, and they shop, and the packages suddenly arrive. You don't, you don't even have to spend the money on gas. But almost half of that was returned. This is actually kind of like a huge crisis if you're Walmart or Amazon or, or any of these places that catering to a... Uh, customer clientele that's gotten spoiled, you know. Used to be, wow, this is great. Amazon guarantees things will come in two days. Now it's like two days, I ain't waiting two days. It should be here by, you know, three in the morning so that when I wake up, it's here. Um, so here's the thing. Companies are now thinking of, of making it more difficult and making it more expensive to return stuff. And, you know, they're in business, I understand that. But this uh, survey says that more than half of shoppers believe retailers should cover the cost of returns. No, of course they believe that. Um, And over 6 in 10 say they'll shop elsewhere if they have a poor return experience. 63% said free return shipping is their top consideration when making an online purchase. I mean, I've had stuff like everybody, and it comes and it's just defective, you know, or it's not what it was advertised to be. You know, uh, a coat that looked to be super warm just looks like it's super thin. And, you know, if something is really wrong or off on the size, there's only so much you can do about that. Uh, Here's an interview with Donna Gallagher. She said JCPenney refused to waive an $85 return fee and a 15% restocking fee for a mattress she bought, despite the fact that it's defective and not eligible for reselling. They told me I had to report a defect in the bed. I had two days to report a defect in the bed, says this woman who lives in Baltimore County. I told them I was not about to pay any money at all for a mattress that's supposed to have a 10-year warranty on it, and it wasn't even a year old yet. That's ridiculous. She finally went on Twitter, raised a fuss, tagged the retailer, tagged Serta, which made the mattress, and Serta agreed to replace the mattress at no charge. So it used to be, you know, if you were, if you had a big Twitter following, you could get somebody's attention as, uh, you know, VIP. And I understand that. But everybody's learned how to play the game. You're stranded at an airport, you tag Delta, you tag US Air, you tag, is there still a US Air? I used to fly that. You tag American, you tag United. I need help. And while all these people are lined up at the counter, you get help because they have teams of people that monitor places like Twitter. So I don't know, some kind of accommodation is going to have to be reached here because we had it really good. And of course, that's what we all relied on during the pandemic. However, um, you know, those days are fading. 
I mean, the pandemic is still here, but obviously most people going out, a lot of people not wearing masks and so forth. And there's no requirement to do so. Hey, let's pause right there. The buzz meter continues right after this. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Number four, Kim Kardashian gave an interview to a podcaster named Angie Martinez talking about Kanye. She says, I definitely protected him and I still will in the eyes of my kids, for my kids. I'm holding on by a thread. It's got to be a difficult situation for her given what Kanye has been doing with all of the anti-Semitic vile garbage. Um, I'm like so close to that not happening, but while it's still that way, I will protect that to the end of the earth as long as I can. I mean, my kids, they don't know anything. Um, she says that their oldest daughter, Northwest, has a TikTok account on Kim's phone, but every part of her kid's day is monitored to some degree. So at school, like some of my best friends are the teachers. So I know what goes on at recess. I know what goes on at lunchtime. I hear what's being talked about. None of the kids have ever said anything to my kids. They don't see stuff. I keep, you know, when stuff's going down, like I protect stuff in the house, like as far as the TVs and the content. Co-parenting is hard, says Kim Kardashian. They have one, two, three, four kids who are nine, seven, four, and three. It's really effing hard, she says. Um, and she talks about her own father, the late lawyer Robert Kardashian. She said, I had the best dad. I had the best memories and the greatest experience, and that's all I want for my kids, as long as they can live that. If they don't know the things that are being said or what's happening in the world, why would I ever bring that energy to them? That's really heavy grown-up ass, and they're not really ready to deal with. Um, she will be so prepared that eventually, because obviously the kids are going to get older and you can't wall them off from this forever, and she understands that. When her kids eventually ask questions about their dad's public misdeeds, she is going to have something prepared to say to them. But they won't hear a bad word about yay, at least from Kim. One day my kids will thank me for sitting here and not bashing their dad when I could. All the crazy ass. They'll thank me and I'll privately answer anything that they want to know. It's not my place anymore to jump in. Uh, I still want to protect them from the outside world. I will protect that to the ends of the earth as long as I can. You know, even parents who don't, uh, aren't married or formerly married to a famous celebrity who has dinner with the former president of the United States and then decides to go on an endless tour talking about how much he loves Hitler, how much he admired the Nazis and how Jews run the world and how you want to go DEFCON 3, DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people. That's a unique set of circumstances made about a zillion times harder by the high public profile of the Kardashians themselves and of Kanye. 
But I think other parents, you know, maybe don't, at time when, when kids are very young, don't want them necessarily to know that there was a major school shooting because it's difficult to reassure them. I mean, it's obviously different if they're 10 compared to if they're four um, or any kind of terrorist act or anything where you feel like they're just not emotionally ready for this. And so it used to be, you know, you could keep the TV off. You could put the only the fun parts of the newspaper out and not the gory stuff from the front page in the met- or the metro section. But in the digital age, unless you want to be hovering all over them all the time, it's hard to do. Yes, you can put parental controls on your phone and all that, but it just, it just made me think how parenting itself, co-parenting itself, is so much harder these days than it used to be just because of the sheer lightning speed with which information travels. And that includes false information. You know, there might be a rumor that somebody died and it's, you find out an hour later it's not true. So you don't want your kids going through that emotional roller coaster. But it's just hard. Everything moves at the speed of light. It's hard to know what is true. Everyone's shouting misinformation or disinformation at each other. I talked about TikTok and spying on journalists and misinformation on uh, Martha McCallum's show the other day. And I also talked about what I mentioned at the top, the Twitter files revealing that COVID misinformation was anything that the social media networks decide in their infinite wisdom should be shared or should not be shared. All that selective banning. You know, I know some of the stuff, you know, it makes your eyes glaze over, but I, I feel like this is part of my calling, that I've got to dig through the memos and the texts and the emails, and I don't want to just take the writer's take. There's some very good reporters working on the Twitter files. But I want to give it my own review, and there are times when I said there was no smoking gun, and people attacked me for that. But then came the real smoking gun, showing how the banning of Trump was manipulated and Twitter's top officials were ignored. Anyway, it's a lot to catalog, which is one of the reasons I'm glad we uh, can take the time on this podcast. I know I'm one story short, but it's a holiday week. Hope you'll forgive me. Uh, I could number more stories at the top, but I would just like to have it be freewheeling. Hope you're having a good week, folks. I really enjoy the time that we get to spend together. Um, Whatever you're doing at the time, it's a great thing about podcasts. You could be cooking dinner. You could be on the train. You could be listening and doing other things. But hopefully... uh, We'll get the numbers for this podcast in a couple of days, how we did in 2022, and then it's on to the new year. A couple more before we get to that point. I would gently encourage you to subscribe, and we'll see you tomorrow with more Buzzbeater. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts and via Apple Podcasts, and Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.